0: What it looks like is everyone will have access to any data they need from anywhere they are. I think that's the biggest piece. It's really about being able to get at the information you need, no matter where you are. Those decisions have to be made in minutes and seconds.
1: Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Marcella Cavallero from Esri, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Kevin Prouty, Group VP of Energy and Manufacturing Insights at IDC, talk about the benefits of unfettered data access in the utilities industry. Today, most successful retail utilities use advanced analytics in the geospatial cloud to keep information flowing, support decision-making, and maintain asset health. Here, Ed Loker discover how innovators in the highly competitive utilities industry are modernizing and preparing for the future.
2: So thank you, Kevin, for taking the time to speak with us today. So when it comes to digital transformation, what are those unique challenges facing the
0: utility space right now? Well, I think the biggest one is it's a constant challenge, and that's the regulatory environment. Uh, the regulatory environment moves pretty slowly, and it's really hard for regulations and compliance to keep up with the changes that utilities want to make around their technology infrastructure, especially the um, technologies that touch their customers. You know, and they have to balance the risk of being out of compliance with certain things, so they tend to be very, very conservative. At the same time, they're usually lobbying both legislatures and the public utility commissions. Public utility commissions and the legislatures uh, don't just make their decisions in a vacuum. It's usually coming from public pressure. So you look at things like um, customer engagement, mobile uh, bill pay, stuff like that. A lot of that was not because public utility commissions came down and said, you have to do this. This was customer pressure both on the utility and on the Public Utility Commission to start mandating better service, better ways to engage and pay their bills. If you go back about 20 years ago, enterprises were well ahead of the consumer and and residents in technology. So most of the technology was driven by corporations and enterprises. Uh, Right around 2007, 2008, when smartphones started becoming more popular, you saw this big flip where consumers, were well ahead of enterprises and corporations in their adoption of technology.
2: So you you talk about the consumer being empowered from a technology perspective. Is digital transformation fundamentally different from other disruptors that they've had in the past?
0: Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think pace of change is part of it. It's trying to drag the utilities and other enterprises into the technology space that the consumer's in, uh, being very mobile, being very agile, you know, being able to dispose of apps that are not, you know, important to them anymore. You ask any utility to dispose of the last app they put in, and that was probably a multi million dollar application they built and they haven't depreciated it, they can't dispose of it. You walk up to a consumer and say, Hey, can you get rid of that app there? Oh yeah, I didn't even pay for this or I paid a dollar for it. I'm gonna throw it away. So That's part of it, that pace of change in technology. The other part is the data part. There's always been a lot of data generated by utilities and other industries. And what we're seeing in digital transformation in utilities is the exposure of all that data to everyone, because traditionally that data is very siloed. So the, the grid operations side has their data, the customer people have their data, the service field service people have their data, and they just had to kind of poke holes in silos to get the data through. What we're seeing is, is a pretty fundamental transformation in how that data is exposed and accessed, and, and the underlying connector for it all is the cloud. The cloud has become a tool that enterprises are using to get all their data up and exposed. Now, it's not just um, the Wild West. They're not just throwing all the data up there saying, you know, go at it. There has to be some form of data governance involved. And, of course, it all comes full circle to regulatory and that uh, there's still a heavy regulatory burden around putting information up in the cloud. Um, and it's not just a direct mandated regulation. It's the conservative nature of utilities and how they view what they should be doing. They're trying to kind of sometimes second guess or out guess the public utility commissions. So they're being very slow in moving information up to the cloud. But back to the digital transformation piece, that cloud is probably the fundamental piece to digital transformation.
2: Are certain utilities or is there a spectrum or a subset of the the spectrum of utilities that see this as a competitive advantage? and are being more proactive in the adoption of technology?
0: That's a great question because we talk about utilities sometimes as if this is just monolithic group. It's not. There are best practices. There are leaders that are laggards. The the ones that take the biggest risk are actually on two ends of the spectrum. There are the really large investor-owned utilities like a Duke Power, or Duke Energy, I'm sorry, or AEP in Ohio, where they have because they're so large, they have some overhead to work with where they form these offices of innovation. And these people, and they aren't just looking at technology. They're looking at new business methods, ways to generate new revenue. So that's one end of the spectrum. Then you run into some of the smaller utilities. It's not really a small utility, but probably one of the more forward thinking is Avista Vista up in uh, Eastern Washington state. They are probably one of the most risk savvy utilities around. They built out these software platforms that they're going to use and they become so useful, they spin them out. They've spun out three or four software and hardware companies that have become pretty dominant players in utility technology. Companies like iTron, ECOVA, these are. It's a strange dynamic for a utility uh, spinning out software companies, but that's why Avista is somewhat unique in this. So the, the short of it is there are some very forward-thinking, unique utilities that are just unique on their own. Some of the bigger investor-owned ones have the ability and the overhead to support some innovation. Where you really start to see a little bit of innovation outside the mainstream is really small municipal utilities where they don't have any choice. They can't afford to go out and buy a large application, let's say, to do, their, uh, to, to do some data analysis. So they immediately go to the cloud. Uh, and because the cloud, you know, it, it helps lower the infrastructure, they don't need the IT support services. So I think you start looking around some of those smaller utilities, they're doing a lot of that stuff.
2: So you, you mentioned asset management a little bit earlier on, so what are those pressure points for asset management to be better, to be more efficient, and how is technology playing a role in that?
0: Well, as, as with all the you know, things we've talked about today, it's multi-layered. There's AI, uh, machine learning capabilities, And we see that as probably one of the most important uh, technology developments over the next five years. From an asset management perspective, that'll be the truly transformational part of the business. So when, let's say, a transformer fails, there's organizations out there and consortiums that look at how did the utility react to that failure? What caused the failure? How long was it down? And what was done, the most important part, which is called failure mode analysis, what was done to fix it, how'd you get it back online? Capturing all that information has become a foundational element of capturing all that knowledge of those people who are retiring. And there's a term called asset performance management, which is fairly new, just generally called APM. And what it does is it takes all of those failure mode analysis, it looks at the operational capability, so it's collecting like temperature, pressure, all this. And it's looking at all the assets and saying, in two months, this transformer is gonna fail, if the weather's like this, and here's how you're going to have to go fix it, or you can go and take the transformer offline for an hour now, do something to it, and keep it from failing. EPRI, which is a research consortium for a lot of the industry in the United States, has been working to collect. So now, you know, someone like an AEP or a Duke Energy, when they have a failure, they collect all the information and they send it to this part of, the, of EPRI's organization. It's a, it's something the utilities do on their own. Um, because you know they all use the same equipment. Most right. of them are non-competitive, so it's good AEP over here to see this transformer failed, and now Duke can see it later on and say, okay, two years ago. In Ohio, AEP had this issue. Let's go look at ours, or you know, we, we can see we're having the same, maybe a vibration on a pump or something like that that looks very similar to what happened to AEP, and we can go out and try to fix that before it breaks. I mean, this sounds really good in theory. It's really, really hard to do. Uh, they are probably the most forward-thinking industry in the world. Jumping back a little bit to the data analytics piece, so broadly speaking, what are
2: table stakes today for a utility from a, a data perspective?
0: So the first thing when we talk to utilities and, and is data governance. is You have to understand where the data is coming from, who has it, and how you're going to access it. The operations people tend to have all their data. They have all these systems that are collecting data on how the grid operates. Then you have the IT people who are tending to focus on customer billing and customer service. So they have all the customer data. And it's a fairly major ordeal to get together and put a system in that connects those two. Then the other thing they have to start thinking about is where are you going to store it? Are you going to be storing this internally? Are you going to be putting it up on the cloud? What's the security around it? Who has access to it? How do you manage who has access to customer information? That's the biggest one, is the customer information piece. Because you think of a utility, they have the customer information on every single address in a region.
2: What are some of the interesting ways innovative utilities, some of those that
0: you were talking about, maybe somebody like Avista, are using advanced analytics? You see a lot of uh, analytics around outage management. CenterPoint uh, Energy in Houston has a really, uh, what I call, sophisticated outage management system. They They have smart meters out in the field, They have most of their substations and feeders censored so as things start to fail and they call them last gasp as they get a last gasp from one of those units in the field they very quickly start to see a pattern and they have a real-time analytical engine that also pulls in call center information and allows them to get a very quick view of where they're having asset failures and I've seen other utilities pilot the ability to roll a truck with no human intervention. That as soon as they start seeing those failures, a truck rolls out to the area. And I, I think that one is probably the most sophisticated one I've seen, where there's just an immense amount of analytics. We're starting to see more and more utilities really get into uh, that very heavy-duty, real-time, rapid analytics, so they can start pulling information out very quickly for not just billing, but for outage management as well. You know, you hear about, people talk about edge computing, and what it is, is putting the decision point as far out into the field as you can. So, what are some interesting
2: use cases you've seen of people using the artificial intelligence machine learning to become better at modeling the risk across the entire grid,
0: about responding to outages, or... or... The biggest use of risk, really risk management around using AI and machine learning Um, is wholesale energy markets and power generation. So uh, several states have what I would call true wholesale energy markets. And we see a lot of machine learning and AI being applied to knowing when to bid on energy or when to sell your energy. I'd say that's probably where it's going to happen first because wherever you have risk, you'll see people have an opportunity to make money. And the whole point is to be as quick and as fast and agile as you can be. uh, And that means putting AI with some machine learning capabilities in there. You know, you can look at the weather patterns and you can see you're going to have a really hot day a week from now. So you go to the energy assets you own as a power generation company, and you say, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to structure my energy generation to the point where I can take advantage of that, where I can make my electricity as expensive as possible because there's going to be demand for it. And that's where AI... Uh, machine learning comes in that you can you know basically set that all up to be automated that they're you know your ai routines are constantly looking at the weather patterns maybe you have some unique ability to predict the the impact on the grid from certain weather patterns and you're going to make sure that you're not doing any maintenance on your assets at that time or maybe you've got a pump you know is going to fail but you know if you wait a week to fix that pump and take that asset offline you'll make more money, you'll have more margin in the wholesale energy market. So it's, that's where I really see AI, machine learning. Today, people are most interested in applying it.
2: So location is obviously a key element in the utilities. So how does location intelligence, location analytics factor into utilities trying to realize this digital transformation?
0: Well, I think everything a utility does is around location. You know, if you look at the utility space, every utility has some form of geospatial system. They have to. Where. It starts to become really informa- uh, interesting and transformational is you start looking at AI and machine learning and the ability to, to like if you're going to roll a truck without ever a human ever seeing it, I mean, the f- fundamental piece of that technology is the location. It has to be. And of course, so that's the, the kind of that. outage management piece. There's also the asset management piece and being able to know where all your assets are and being able to connect that location piece to the performance piece. Because today, I think those two pieces are somewhat siloed and the the utilities are really starting to understand asset management are, are slowly putting those two things together. Again, to automate as much of the decision making as possible.
2: So what are some other ways that location intelligence is factoring into this digital transformation?
0: You know, and I've talked about some other examples before, and the the kind of common theme is situational awareness and some insight. I really look at it as decision cycles: is how long does it take you to make a decision? Uh, Even today, it still takes hours when you start to see a problem to get the people together to talk about how you're going to solve the problem, roll a truck out. The pressure that's being put on utilities today really means those decisions have to be made in minutes and seconds. And even today, you can still make those decisions in minutes with humans in the loop, but you really need to start pulling in the AI machine learning, all that stuff. And I think a fundamental piece of that is the location technology. And that is, as I said before, you, you not only know have to know where the asset is, you have to know where the truck or the equipment is that you're going to go use to address that asset. And I think being able to connect those two and bring those two things together, that's the location technology as the, the data layer and then there is that AI machine learning piece that sits on top that can bring the two things together. And it, and it may be, it, it, sometimes it's not a simple solution. It's not just, oh, the truck's in the area. It may be that the truck doesn't have the right tooling. The people on the truck don't have the right experience. Or they've been on, on um, shift for 12 hours. Or maybe they're a mutual aid crew. So they may not be someone you want to send over to that area. You may have to bring your own crew in there. Uh, So I think all those, I mean, that's just a few of the things. There are thousands of points that have to go into that decision. That's why it takes hours today. And it's really only through, you know, an AI machine learning capability on top of that location technology that'll allow you to do that. So at the end of the day, what
2: does a truly digitally transformed utility look like?
0: So what it looks like is... Everyone will have access to any data they need from anywhere they are. I think that's the biggest piece.
2: And so for leaders of these innovative companies in these, or the, for these utilities, what's the most important thing they should be thinking about over the next 18 months?
0: Data governance. You've got to figure out how you move that information right. It's knowing what your strategy is around all your data so that everyone can have access to it. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Kevin Proudy for explaining how the geospatial cloud and technologies like AI combined with location intelligence are being used by utilities to maintain competitive edge. To learn more, download our free ebooks, Putting AI and Location Intelligence to Work at esri.com forward slash AI, Making Sense of Digital Transformation at esri.com forward slash wear, and Making the Most of the Internet of Things at esri.com forward slash IoT.